I am so excited for this episode of Prepare Them for Launch as we discuss how our children are learning from their own opinions and learning who they are and what they stand for. We'll explore the new cultural dialect of words like woke, cancel culture, and tribalism, and how that might shape their process. Today's guest, Kevin Zimmerman, will shed some light on this topic and how we can help provide hope and grace to this generation. Well, welcome back, everyone. This is AJ Dean here, and we have a very special guest here today. Joining us is Kevin Zimmerman. Man, I am super excited for you to be here. And brother, you want to just share a little bit more about yourself? Thanks, AJ. Thanks, Natalie. It's awesome to be with you guys. I love what you guys are doing here. Uh, I'm a pastor here at Friends Church. And so right now, currently, I get to play uh, at our Orange Campus. And the role that I specifically get to do there is just really as one of our pastors. So I get to oversee really every Everything that happens from when you kind of get out of your car to when you get into the building, that's that's one aspect of my job. But I also get to preach, get to care for our people, get to kind of help vision where we want to go going forward. And then the other part of my job is I get to work with uh, our family of churches. So Friends is a church with a few campuses, but even beyond that, we're part of a family of churches called Friends Southwest, and it's about 40 churches across California, Nevada, um, Arizona, technically Hawaii, but we need to grow into that region. Uh, And in all of that, I get to help us kind of think through and care for leadership development. And for me specifically, uh, raising up young pastors and young leaders to help see, help them see the potential that we see in them and help them to make uh, clear decisions on what God has for them in the future. Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Hey, just to let everyone know, he is great at his job. He's amazing. <laughs> and we're so excited to have him here today. I agree. And one of the things Kevin does for us is he will occasionally be one of our online pastors. And I'm so thrilled to have you today because you did an online sermon called To Conform or Not to Conform. That is the question. And my daughter, Mariah, who was on in an earlier episode this season, alerted me to the fact that you actually went viral oh, did with I? that particular sermon. <laughs> um, it's just so relevant to what's going on right now. People are really searching for a place where they belong. And I think that's especially true with kids. I'd love for you to just share a little bit about that topic with the people that are listening today. For students, uh, for kids and families in general, but for students specifically. And I think you're right. I think the reason why, you know, Mariah was asking some of these questions is because it's probably something that she's facing on a daily basis. And I think it's something that a lot of us are feeling and maybe not knowing exactly what words to put to it. So when I was, you know, kind of going through the process a few months ago of going through a topic of John chapter three, that was kind of the message that I was given. And as I began to just study and spend time, really God began to kind of pull threads in my heart and my life on things that I think he's just put in my heart for a long time a long time just kind of noticing uh, some things that in so many ways I've just been like, hey, you know, this is something that that confuses me. Uh, So I've got a lot of questions about and this is something that maybe frustrates me as well. What's our role in a world that's ever changing? And, And what I've really began to feel more and more lately, and I think this would be no surprise to anyone who's listening, is that our world that is changing is is changing in, in ways that we're completely kind of polarizing. And so everyone, it seems that you talk to, has a viewpoint, has an argument for everything, and it feels like there's no space that's allowed for people to argue well, to listen well, to disagree well, and really even to change their viewpoint. And so sociologists have kind of deemed this kind of topic, they've called it tribalism. And the idea is that the more and more we form into these kind of tribes of thought or these groups of thought, group think takes over. And so when I begin to find myself in 
kind of a specific group thought process on whatever the topic might be. We're not talking Coke versus Pepsi. We're talking like bigger issues in life. Then I begin to think more and more and more on that certain side of the topic. And then even when I begin to do my research or I begin to read things or I begin to listen to podcasts or especially watch things on YouTube or on Facebook or other social media platforms, the algorithms that they have on those systems are going to begin to feed me more and more and more of the exact same sort of content. Like we're not going to get into any like massive political things here, but there's a study that just came out a week ago from when we're recording this that was fascinating. Basically, it took a, a subset, kind of a, a block of people that signed up for this study, this test, and they said, hey, you all are people who regularly watch, I'm just, I'm not even going to say what the networks were, but you regularly watch a specific network. Um, this, in this case, it was a very specific conservative news network. And they took them and they said, hey, we're going to pay you to, you can continue to watch that news network, but we're going to actually pay you to watch X number of hours a day of other news networks as well. And what they found is after a month of having people step into this process of listening to other viewpoints, they began to not only question the viewpoint that they were hearing kind of in an echo chamber over and over and over again, but they actually were being, be, being able to on their own pull out false kind of statements and mistruths that they had just believed because they had only been swimming in one sort of water over the course of several months, if not years. And so it takes a lot of work for us to help people see that maybe there are other viewpoints out there. It takes a lot of work for us to kind of help people to maybe change or, or maybe even just be open to the process of change. And so when I think about the world that, that families are living in right now, when I think about the world that people are are inhabiting right now. It's a world in which everyone is frustrated that no one else can understand their viewpoint, and yet very few people are willing to do the hard work to actually listen, to actually get to know someone else's viewpoint, and to be open to possibly being able to say, you know what, I was wrong, and I wanna learn what it looks like to change. Wow, you are preaching right there. That was really great. Thank you, Kev. Um, yeah, just as you're talking, it starts to bring up a lot of things that come to mind for me. I know I've had this conversation with Natalie a lot of times, you know, over our little uh, cubicle walls. And one thing that I've noticed with especially teens in today's society is that they're always looking for something specific, whether it be something to stand for or to stand against. And because of those things, we're seeing a lot of this like cancel culture coming up. And just speaking of that idea of tribalism, where they're picking different tribal tribes of thought, they're, they're always looking for that one thing to either stand for or stand against or cancel. And we, we see that happening and forming a lot today in today's society. Do you feel the heart behind cancel culture originally was the desire to drive out social change or different things that are in society that aren't necessarily helpful? Or is it something that uh, people are just doing because they're looking for something to be a part of? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a mess to try to pinpoint exactly where this stuff came from and what it's exactly doing. Uh, but I think it's helpful to begin to kind of go down that journey a little bit. So a lot of people have seen that, right, the, the, the term cancel culture has only been coined for a few years now. And so in that, you see a lot of people who believe it's a new phenomenon. And the reality is that the idea of, of shaming someone or of canceling someone has really been around forever. It's just because of the explosion of technology, because of the access that people have to see the things that people do, uh, it, it, it's grown more and more and more. 
But what's interesting with cancel culture, when I listen to people talk about it, it's typically people from one pers- one ideology or another talking about how the other side or the opposing viewpoint of whatever they're holding, that they are the ones who are trying to cancel them. And so usually, right, people are taking their own viewpoint. They're saying, oh, what I believe or what I live into, this is what's right. And if I was so bold as to speak out, other people might come and try to cancel me. And so the, the, the thing that people are constantly decrying, people on the left are always decrying that people on the right are trying to cancel them. And people on the right are always trying to cry and call out the people on the left are trying to cancel them. And I think at some point we just need to recognize maybe everyone is a little stressed out and maybe <laughs> everyone is throwing slings and arrows at one another and no one knows how to disagree well. I've got to start thinking through how am I going to intentionally disciple my kids instead of just trusting that other people are going to do that for me. Well, as a parent, I say that that really resonates because over this last year, AJ made a really good point in a previous episode that people have had a mirror put up in front of their faces. All of the filters and all of the things that um, may have protected us from seeing deep inside of who we are have been stripped away. And so as parents, there's this reality and, and, and that's really where the desire to create this podcast came from. There's this reality that I've been attending church every Sunday or I've been praying with my children, but how am I guiding them to walk in the faith? And so the desire here is to, one, help parents to reconnect with their kids because there was this deep disconnection, I feel like, too, that parents um, were awoken to during during the pandemic. And the desire is to create that bond and connection between kids again so that the conversation about faith and about Christianity can happen. And so what you said right there just really resonates as a parent. There has been this period of looking at myself and my own spiritual walk and how I've been guiding my children. And so I think um, for a lot of our listeners, that will really resonate as parents. But if you've been listening to this podcast, my guess is you've been hit with a bunch of numbers and statistics. But, I mean, the simplest of them all is just the massive difference. Like if a kid came to every youth program or every kid's program at a church that we offer throughout a week, they get maybe three, maybe four hours a week with church environment and church programming. As a parent, you've got well over 100 hours of captive opportunities with your kid. And so I think when we think about things like cancel culture or tribalism or, you know, wokeism, you know, which no matter which side you land on any of things, especially that last word, when we think about these things, I think as parents, you have to start not by looking at the culture and pointing a finger, you have to start with yourself. So as parents, you have to think about, man, what are the ways that I have allowed myself to be pulled into a, a groupthink mentality that I may be fully aware of or I may not be aware of? When I wake up in the morning, what's the first thing that I think about? When I go to bed at night, what's the last thing that's on my mind? As a parent, what stresses you out the most about what's going on with your kids? It starts by you saying, God, why don't you change me? And maybe your outcome will be the same, but it it changes because you're not allowing the culture to dictate how you view God. You're allowing God to change the way that you interact with the culture. 
And so as parents, instead of being so uh, focused on first changing what's out there, it really has to begin with being open and aware of maybe there are blind spots in my own life that God wants to touch first. Well, I think the really cool thing about this conversation and bringing Jesus into it is because Jesus was an agent of change. He came into a world where um, the religious believers of that time were so focused on uh, rules and doctrines that God had set up early in the Bible um, because that gave them structure and security. And Jesus came and shook all of that up and said, well, yes, those rules are important, but the heart behind those rules is so that you can have a deep and loving relationship with God. And here's how that happens. And his life was a beautiful example of that from day one. And so I think some of our listeners are Christians. Some of them aren't. And some of them are wrestling with what we're talking about right now. And I think uh, if you're listening to a podcast about parenting, you're hungry to learn more about how to be a better parent. And what I have heard over and over and over again from our guests is that first we have to look inside at who we are. And so maybe you're looking inside and you're seeing um, parts of yourself that you're not happy with, parts of yourself that you want to change. My question is, why not look at an example that was given to us that is perfect? Jesus. And so, Kevin, can you speak to that just a little bit? The reason why Jesus is so uniquely galvanizing for so many people for so long in so many cultures is because Jesus doesn't live his life, didn't live his life and doesn't live his life in a way that doesn't live his life in a way that, that, that Lord's power over someone. Jesus isn't someone that, that, that pushes this sense of this is how you have to be to belong. But Jesus is someone who flips that and begins to care for people and to love them and to show them a different way to do life. You know, the difference between following Jesus or following another, you know, world religion or another, you know, kind of theological viewpoint is that Jesus invites you to say, hey, you can't do this on your own. So give your burdens and give your strife to me. And I'll one, like, I'll, I'll give you forgiveness for your sin. But two, I'll, I want to carry the, the burdens and the pain and the stresses that you face. And as parents, you're facing burdens and stresses and pain like two minutes after waking up when there's Legos that you're stepping on in the middle of the night. Like that's what you're facing, right? And so in the midst of all that, Jesus is saying, hey, like, like I want to do this with you. And then he provides the community of the church to walk alongside you. Last year I had to read, um, I was finishing up my master's degree. And, and so I read through, uh, <laughs> this is wild, in six months I had to read through uh, the Bhagavad Gita, the Quran, um, the Dhammapada, um, Confucius's Analects, the Book of Mormon, uh, Watchmen, Watchtower, uh, so multiple different religious texts. There was a few I missed there. And, and it's fascinating because, you know, for so long I had studied and read, hey, the difference between Christianity and the way of Jesus versus other world religions is that ability for, for us to come to a sense of seeing that through Jesus, we're able to say, I can't do it. I can't be perfect, but Jesus can. And I'm able to rely on his strength. All these other kind of religions and all these other worldviews speak to something exactly the opposite. And I'd heard that for a long time, but last year I actually got to read the text and be like, oh, that's really true. Um, and just the stark difference between Jesus inviting you into life with him, inviting you into something that he calls the easy yoke, which is a way of saying that his way of doing life is something where he's locked in with you, where he's able to share your burdens and he's able to lift them off your shoulders. That, that is so unique. And I think in a world where we feel so 
um, bogged down by so much, so weighed down by so much, so uh, stressed and, and, and just um, unsure of life. And, and just, I mean, so many parents, especially in those early days, the preschool days, right, are just, okay, how do I just get through today so I can go into tomorrow, right? The ability to have a God that says, you don't need to be perfect. In fact, you can't be. So come to me and I'm going to show you a new way to live. Like that is the biggest, uh, most amazing invitational thing of Jesus. So beautiful. I, I just, I love the idea of looking at other like beliefs and seeing the differences between them because I think that's something we all need to hear because sometimes for those who don't go and study these things or research these things, they're just like, why is this so special? Uh, for our listeners who are of faith, sometimes you're sitting there, you're like, why is Jesus the answer? And so many times where we, we come to the realization that it's because it's not necessarily he's trying to be the answer. He is the answer because he's willing to take everything on for you. He's willing to solve all of those many problems that we're dealing with day in and day out. And it, it, the the beautiful thing about it is he's not asking for anything really in, in return. All he's saying is that he wants to love you and love you in a way that no one else can love you. He wants to take everything for you and lift it off your shoulders. Because we're so weighed down with all these things in this world because we're constantly thinking about what the other person might think. I know we're t we, uh, we've had, me and Natalie have plenty of discussions of identity. We're trying to figure out where our identity is rooted in because at the end of the day, we're trying to figure out which direction we're going in. Whereas Jesus is saying, I'm willing to be there for you, take on these problems of identity and say that, hey, you're my child and I will carry all this for you. And, and so I think that's such a beautiful thing of just that reminder of like, hey, God has got your back it, to the truest sense of that of that phrase. Yeah. And I think in a world that's so full of shame and cancellation and isolation, it's a new way for some of our listeners to think about life, to think about a life that's full of grace and acceptance and love. And as a parent, what sort of world is better than that to raise your children in? When I look at my kids and they make a mistake or they lie to me or they make me angry or vice versa, I make them angry. I want my household to be one that is filled with love and grace and acceptance. And the truth is, is that that is what Jesus is all about. And so if you're thinking, you know, either you're a Christian and you're thinking, I've been struggling with my faith during this time period, or you're um, exploring faith, the truth of it is that Jesus is at the heart of Christianity and Jesus is at the heart of forgiveness and love and grace and I can't think of anything more beautiful in this time period when we're talking about our kids uh, questioning who they are, canceling their friends, isolating from people. I cannot think of a better person to point them to than to Jesus. And it may be something that you'll explore together. I know that my daughter, uh, she goes to a private school where they're dipping into the Old Testament in ways that she never has before. And there's questions she has that I can't answer for her. And so we're going through that together. We're finding those answers together. And I think if I could give any advice to a parent, it's to not be afraid to not know the answer and to search and to hunger along with your kids. Uh, again, setting that example for them. So, Kevin, if there were three things that you would want parents to take away from their time today with you, what would those three things be? 
Yeah. Yeah. I'd say the first thing is just the acknowledgement that, hey, parenting is hard. <laughs> um, parenting in an ever-changing culture is really, really hard. And so in the midst of that, just to acknowledge that is is huge to say, okay, if it's this hard, maybe I need to begin to look a little bit, you know, around me for other people that can walk through this life with me. And so if we want to raise our kids in a world where they look more and more like Jesus, where they can interact um, with viewpoints that are different from theirs, and maybe that they can start to, you know, even challenge some things that they've viewed for a long time. Well, then we have to, and this will be the second point, we, we have to, or parents have to start by looking inward. They, they've got to start by saying, hey, am I so entrenched in certain beliefs or viewpoints that, that I'm allowing those things or those things about the way I see culture, or the way I see the world to, to overtake me allowing Jesus to show me things. That as a parent, if you're so entrenched in viewpoints that are honestly outside of the way of Jesus, and to be fair, if you're entrenched, you probably don't think that they're outside of the way of Jesus. But if you're so entrenched in things that are maybe outside of the way of Jesus, or if you're waking up in the morning and Jesus isn't your first thought, whatever the, the issue is, you have a huge opportunity to model faith for your child by saying, hey, I'm going on a journey of asking questions too, right? Embracing questions is massively, massively important. It's the same with this issue. If we want to be people who live faithfully, and if we want to raise kids who live faithfully at their schools or on their teams or even on social media, we need to first model for them the ability to listen to, to admit that we're wrong at times and to commit to saying we want to grow. And sometimes growth means letting go. So that's number two. And then honestly, number three would just be, it, it, they all kind of go together, but it would be this idea of keep Jesus. Is Jesus never, like legit never goes and critiques the world. And if we spend all of our time pointing fingers at people who don't love Jesus and telling them that they need to live a certain way, We've completely missed the point. But if we begin to look inwardly and begin to ask questions about how do I follow you today? And how do I make my life look more and more like Jesus by God's help, by the Spirit's help? Then I firmly believe that the world will change. Thank you so much. Honestly, that was so great. And I don't know if everybody else can tell, I was blown away. Every time I talked on here, I just had to give you a compliment because that was <laughs> so amazing. And we're so thankful to have you here today, Kevin. It was really great. And yeah, I am super excited for what this is leading into. We're going to talk a little bit more about these kind of uh, hard topics of cancel culture and things like, uh, of that nature, maybe like some social change as well. And we're super excited to get into these topics. And this is just, you know, the stepping stepping stone to, to the next topics of, of these kind of uh, things. So super pumped. And I'm so thankful again, Kev, thanks for coming and just blessing us with these words about Jesus. And I know today was a little bit different. We got a little bit more heavily into this idea of who Jesus is and who he can be in our lives. And so I think this is just a great launching off point. 
If you want to learn more, if you're hungry for deeper understanding, I would definitely recommend that you uh, check out Kevin's message to conform or not to conform on our French church online. And we're just so excited. We're so excited to get into some things that are really heavy on our hearts that we want to share with you as parents so that you can be there for your kids and create a world in which there is grace and honesty and forgiveness for your children. Until then, we're journeying with you, we're praying for you, and we're walking beside you and your family in love.